Welcome spooks and spirits, ghouls and ghosts. Take a seat around the campfire. But beware, this podcast is haunted. Uh, wow. um, it's been a weird week. It has been a weird week. It's been a weird fucking week. I heard the ghost at the museum today, or the other day. Where were you? I was upstairs. Centennial Hall? Mm-hmm. Which part? Was it over by the elevator? Uh-huh. Yep. I heard, yeah, I just heard, like, little, like, voices. Yeah. And it was weird because when I, I, I made a soundscape for our 20s exhibit of, like, people talking in a speakeasy, so, like, that's what I thought I was hearing at first, but it obviously wasn't that because mm-hmm. I took it down, and it was, I was the only one up there, and I was like, is there? Yeah. And then I realized what was happening, and I was like... All right. I mean, this isn't the worst. <laughs> yeah. It was that space of the museum was the lobby of the dentist's office that used to Ooh. be housed in the upstairs. And My worst nightmare. Why? I hate dentists. Oh. I have a lot of tooth trauma. I didn't know that. Yeah. Hmm. Half of my front teeth are fake. How did I not it's know this? It's your fault, Elliot. Um, Ooh, Elliot, what'd you do? He hid behind a pole in Lake Michigan, and I and we were playing Marco Polo, and I was it, and I face planted into a pole. <laughs> it was awful. Anyway, uh, I will stop that in case anyone else has tooth trauma. Yes, yeah, so I do. I really hate thinking about tooth pain. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Um, I kind of think my inability to die comes from all of my years in the orthodontia chair. Ah, I want. I mean, I went through years of that too. But, oh, they yeah. had to reshape my entire upper jaw. Oh, yeah, <sighs> it was real bad. So was, I had this crank that, like, every week you had to crank it backwards ooh, to like spread. They, oh, this is we don't need. It's like torture. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Let's move on. <laughs> so it was a weird week medically for me. We've gotten into Scorpio season, and I think Scorpio season makes a lot of people pissy. Really? <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Most no, now, I'm not trashing on Scorpios. No. I will trash a little bit on Scorpio men. <laughs> Every Scorpio man I've ever met has been trash. <laughs> Scorpio women, amazing. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very powerful. Uh, challenging. Are challenging, but are worth it. Scorpio men, straight trash, throw them out. All right. You heard it here. <laughs> I, have to, I, I got must, the spicy takes today. I must stop saying that. <laughs> so anyway, Scorpio season tends to make people view the world more cynically Mm. um you are less trusting of others you are more selfish generally and like so it kind of has that like effect on everybody and everybody's uh, just kind of cranky right now yeah that tracks and i'm a i'm a cusp scorpio so (laughs) yep (laughs) listen i'm a sagittarius double gemini on my big three so (laughs) yeah you're i'm very obnoxious you're you're wrecked (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah, don't uh, worry. I understand. Uh, <laughs> That's why nobody should have their fucking astrological chart held against them. Yeah. You know, like, I, but you do challenge me as a cusp Scorpio person. You are a challenging woman. That makes sense. Uh-huh. Um, I've yelled at several men to the point I where I've like offended them. <laughs> Good. I, and I'm, I'm sorry about some of them. <laughs> But not about others. Anyway, uh, we're not here to talk about our astrological challenges. No, but I'm just saying things are weird. Yeah. Facebook put out that weird post with the, oh, it's meta now. Do not get me started. Oh, that guy's so fucking, he blinks he sideways. I just know it. the lizard man. If there is one conspiracy theory I 100% believe is that Mark Zuckerberg is a pod person. What a convenient segue. <laughs> Because we're 100% okay, talking okay, conspiracy okay, theories today. Okay, okay, okay. 
Can we talk about the barbecue sauce on his shelf, though? What the fuck is that? I, why? I have so many questions. Like, I mean, I assume he's not in charge of set dressing. Right. Because even if this is his house, which we have no idea. Sure. It's a set uh, for the purposes of this video. Yes. Who leaves a bottle of Sweet Baby Ray's on the top of casually on a bookshelf? The only thing I can think of that even makes a little bit of sense is that people were eating on the set. Yeah. And they just had like the condiments. So it's like the the Starbucks cup in Game Game of Thrones. Oh, I was thinking of the bottle of water in Downton Abbey. Or the other bottle of water in Game of Thrones. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. It's the only thing I can think of. They're so but fucking weird. Sweet Baby Ray. I know. And you know what else sucks? I love Sweet Baby Ray's. I and do now I don't want to eat it. I know. Now I don't want to eat their lizard food. Mm, yeah, I know. Yeah, Sweet Baby Ray's, you have to come out against. You have to take a firm stance right. against lizard people <laughs> if, you wanna, if you want my business. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'll be over here with the craft. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, no, I'll bring you back some Memphis stuff. Um, Ooh. Although, personally, I'm a Carolina barbecue person. I like that. All right. Vinegar. All right. Let's not get too picky here about... <laughs> I have a lot of barbecue sauce feelings. Bougie barbecue sauce. It's not bougie. Barbecue sauce is of the people, man. It is. It is. I love barbecue sauce so much. Barbecue um, sauce. Barbecue sauce. Um, so we're talking about some weird shit today. Yeah. Declassified CIA stories, baby. Yeah. I'm super stoked about mine. Uh, I got, I went down a fucking you did. rabbit hole. You did. It made me angry. Uh-huh. And like, I started to get kind of intense and I, I still probably I'm really looking forward to this. Well, now I feel like it's not going to live up, but I just, I don't know. You just want to fucking start? I don't. Yeah, 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 <laughs> okay, yeah. All right. Oh, let's 100%. get into this. Tell me everything. Break out your tinfoil hat. Get that fully in there. Yes. Ooh. Tin foil hats. Okay. All right. So first off, (laughs) we sound like maniacs. We're talking about, so it's a fun fact that you can go on the CIA website and you can look up uh, declassified documents. Mm -hmm. Uh, My main exposure to declassifying documents came came from when I worked at our (laughs) local presidential library. Um, and well, the library was in, in Ann Arbor, but they have someone, at least one person there who is in charge of declassifying documents. And that's just at the presidential libraries, but like the people who work there, I, I kind of like, there's no way I could because I can't keep a secret, but like they fucking comb through your life. Yes. If you work there. Yes. Uh, they interview everyone, you know, everyone you work with, every, all your neighbors. Well, Dan had to put together cause Dan works military contracts. Mm-hmm. So like some of the stuff that Dan does is, is part of not exactly top secret, but like getting up in the mm-hmm. classifications. And yeah. so when I moved in with Dan, they had to put together a little file on me. Oh shit. Yeah. 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 So yeah, they will, people, the government does not fuck around. Uh, they will chuck up on you and they will interview you. And those people who work with declassifying, they interview everyone like every five years. Yes. Uh, to just in make sure. Turned. Exactly. Yeah. And you have to just sit there and read through documents and decide which ones are good candidates for a declassification. Mm-hmm. For declassification. Gorgeous. Oh, beautiful. Um, and you can't tell anyone. Yeah. You just got to sit there. And then especially, and like, okay, the ones that do get declassified, sure. The ones that don't, 
You got to just sit there and be like, hmm, okay, I know that thing. That's a thing I know now. That's a thing I know. Yeah. And you can't tell anyone. This I drives me insane. I could not do that job. I could not do that job, and but there's never been a job that I was, like, more tempted to try to go for. Because I was like, I want to know all... I want to know all the Jerry Ford dirt. <laughs> oh, Get me man. that beautiful bean footage. <laughs> well, all of those, all of that secret keeping. So the United States right now is at a mm-hmm. period of un, just incredible conspiracy theory. Oh, yeah. We, uh, mm-hmm. we were yeah. just talking about some of it today. Uh, well, yesterday there was a rally at the Grassy Knoll. The Grassy Knoll in Dallas. Dallas, yep. For those of you who don't know, that's where... JFK was shot and killed. Yeah, well, the Grassy Knoll is not where he was shot and killed, but that was... He was driving past a Grassy Knoll in Dealey Plaza, and that's where people allegedly think there was another shooter. Oh. Yeah, Well, because right. the shots came from, allegedly, the, the, the book depository. You're right. You're right. <laughs> um, so still, he was, like, in that area, the bullet contacted him there mm-hmm. um, oh but like real quick uh conspiracy pullover the one on, that i think we both saw it on tiktok where like the conspiracy theory that you 100 percent believe in is that uh one of the secret service guys shot jfk yes accidentally i think that's really compelling i also because like very the compelling. the theory is that the first shot came from oswald yes and that freaked everyone out but it didn't kill jfk yep but the second shot that came from a different angle. Yep, the magic an angle from more down <laughs> and behind could have been from a Secret Service person who just freaked out yep. and and misfired. Yep, I I think that's Ooh. very plausible. Ooh, okay. Anyway, <laughs> continue on. Anyway, speaking of a dead JFK. Oh, so JFK Jr. shot in Dallas. There are all these QAnon people. JFK is shot in Dallas. JFK Jr. died. In a plane crash? You're right. I'm sorry. I just, I, I just, you're right. So Come on. they believe that JFK Jr., who died in like 1997, like yeah. in our lifetime. Yeah, in our lifetime. I remember that. Um, he, JFK Jr. was piloting a small aircraft over Martha's Vineyard. Of course. And dropped into the ocean and died. Yeah. And everybody was like, ooh, Kennedy curse. Remember we talked about this? Yeah, up yeah, with yeah. the Kennedy curse. So oh, Caroline, we got to go back to curses. Anyway. Oh, that was good. Yeah. Okay. I'm uh, I feel in. really bad for Caroline Kennedy, who mm-hmm. is hearing... All of these QAnon people who are deeply right wing mm-hmm. bring up her brother and her father's name, yeah, uh, saying that they're gonna they're not really dead, they're coming mm-hmm. back from the dead, whatever, yep. and they're gonna run with President Trump as vice president. Fuck off! Right? It's it's insane. But there are people who really believe it. Hundreds of mm-hmm. people. There are dozens of us. <laughs> it was just a lot. Yeah. So these conspiracy theories, I I put part of the blame if not most of the blame, on the United States government. Because the United States government lies to us... All the time. All the time! And they are such bad liars! But here's the thing that has always comforted me, is, like, the conspiracy theories that sound... Any conspiracy theory that makes it sound like the government is too good at its job... Yes. You can 100% just... Discard. Discard that right off, because the government is not that good. Yeah. And that's why, that's the only reason why I put a little bit of stock into that one JFK theory is because it's an example of someone in the government being incredibly stupid and them just having to cover it up. And it's a pretty easy cover up because there was already someone there to blame. There was a TikTok today that showed pictures of the Daily Plaza, Mm -hmm. Daily Plaza. Uh, I, I always want to say Daily Planet. <laughs> Daily Planet, where where Clark Kent works. Right. Um, and it, then they switched to, for you know, talking about this conspiracy, they switched to George Carlin. And George Carlin has this quote 
um, think about how stupid the average American is. And yeah. remember that half of them are stupider than that. And then remember that those stupider people are running our government. Some of them. Some of, like, there's a some lot of... Some governmental leaders think are about, not bad, like, not bad Okay, there people. are some good governmental leaders. Think about this. Think about Ted Cruz. <laughs> Girl, I try not to. <laughs> that motherfucker but is I, in government. I was on the lots. phone with my grandmother last night, and uh-huh. I was talking to her about, like, um, so Benton Harbor, where we're from, is mm-hmm. having a massive lead problem. Yeah. Lead in the water. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> so... The symptoms of lead poisoning. Ooh, yes. Make Have people, we talked about this before? I think briefly we've touched on it. It, yeah. it is a favorite subject of mine. Yeah. So the symptoms of lead poisoning, in case you didn't know, make you aggressive. Uh, it makes you so like more likely to pick fights, more likely to be involved in domestic abuse. Mm-hmm. Uh, it makes you less able to have reasonable impulse control. So like you know you see a purse on somebody's car and they or you know they went into the gas station to pay mm-hmm. a normal person who does not have lead poisoning has the impulse control to not steal that purse but a person with lead poisoning has a lowered impulse control exactly so the people who are running our government are, are all pri- boomers who grew up when during the period of leaded gas exactly exactly <laughs> that's why they're aggressive <laughs> That's why they have lower reasoning skills. Mm-hmm. That's why they have these uh, lower ability to, you know, not start shit, basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's not a universal truth. No. But, ooh, it's more widespread than we think. But also, I read, I started reading this wonderful book that you got me for my birthday. Happy called, birthday. <laughs> yeah, called Sex with Presidents. Highly recommend. Excellent. Uh, to everyone. Um, but it's about, you know, how many presidents we've had who have had extramarital affairs and all that and stuff straight up orgies in the white house yeah also uh buchanan our first gay president yep great yep. um Good fantastic um but like the, the one of the first chapters was like why <laughs> is this such a thing and basically her theory was that um it like being in power affects your brain chemistry absolutely and it turns you into a really impulsive um narcissist (laughs) basically a lot of people in who get into high levels of power um exhibit signs of bipolar disorder uh incredible narcissism of like and and it makes sense because once you're in power just feeds this like feedback machine of like I know what I'm doing and people are looking to me to have the right answers and like I'm making decisions and I've got to make sure that I feel good about those decisions. And so then every decision I make must be the right one. And so, and so a byproduct of that is uh, an incredible sex drive and also just the narcissism to like want everyone to have sex with you. I'm going to briefly call myself out here. Hmm. <laughs> uh, I, I maybe don't have the everybody should fuck me thing. You should well. be so lucky. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I I have some narcissism, mm. right? Like, I, I try to keep it under wraps, uh, but I do think highly of myself, almost as a defense mechanism. Sure. Uh, but the... How do I say this? The things that society responds to about me are my confidence and my extroversion and, like, the fact that I'm willing to make myself the center of attention, everybody uh-huh. wants me to be the center of attention. Yeah. And it, it's a, it's it a, feeds back into itself. It is. It does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So 
again, I try not to be obnoxious. I try to be aware of myself. I'm not always successful. Uh, this is why I married Dan, who is very good at knocking me down a peg or seven. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and also why I keep you close in my pocket. Yes, yes. Because you are also willing to be like, Kate, you're acting like a cunt. <laughs> yeah. I need that. I need that. That's healthy. <laughs> so, but if you don't have a Dan or a Jen to like sit in your pocket and be like, if stop all you like have, an asshole. Yeah, are like, yes, yes men. men. Mm. We yep. said that in unison. Uh, you're sexy. <laughs> you all should be so lucky. Uh, anyway, so that was there were several pullovers. Um, but this is all to say that don't a don't trust the government, but b everyone's an idiot. So like any conspiracy theory that relies on people, large groups of people holding mm-hmm. a secret, mm-hmm. discount it. Discount it's not real. That being said, yeah, there are a lot of things that have happened. That the public doesn't know about yeah. until later. And one the wonderful thing, the one thing that makes me proud to be an American is the Freedom of Information Act. <laughs> um, it's cheese curds for me, but good for you. Yeah, that's not the only thing. Um, it's But, uh, yeah, the Freedom of Information Act means that you can request information from the government at any time. Yeah. Uh, they can turn you down. And they do. And I they talk do. about some of that. Um, but after a certain amount, there's like been rules put in place of like after, after this. After 40 years or 25 years. Yeah. The number things. I was thinking, seeing was 31. Oh, I haven't seen or that Or something, number. but I, it depends on the classification, I think. It certainly does. And yeah, so they will, there are people whose job it is, like we were talking about earlier, to de- go through these previously classified documents and declassify them mm-hmm. and you can also submit an individual request um and they will they have to give you a response yes. um and uh, one of the favorite responses is we can no- neither confirm nor deny yes <laughs> so uh but yeah so the things have come out over the years and there well, will be other things that come out over the certainly yeah. and a lot of the things that are going to come out in our lifetime mm-hmm. are going to be about ufos and aliens on Earth. Okay. <laughs> okay. Please do tell. So <laughs> this is not where I expected. I'm to. so glad you start out uncomfortable because okay. that's a big part of this story. Uh, oh no. <laughs> Why are you uncomfortable? Because that's like the the thing that everyone jokes about yes. is like Why? Roswell and Why? like what happened. And then everyone's like, oh, the minute I become president, I'm gonna ask to see the Roswell files. Yeah. And like see the UFOs. And it's a big joke. Yeah. It has been absolutely streamlined into a big joke on purpose. No. Yes. And there are documents that prove it. What? Yes. What? Yeah. The idea to make UFO sightings Uh laughable and to make people who believe in that seem like they're kooks is absolutely perpetuated by the government. No. Yes, because it helps them keep things in order. I hate that. Yes. So the fact that you're uncomfortable and the fact that you want to laugh at this, this Uh conspiracy theory that's only for kooks and tin hat wearers and how silly are they, Uh is absolutely by design. Yeah. You want to hear about it? Yeah, I do. (laughs) Okay. So uh, my story is called... I'm so mad right now. (laughs) The United States government and unidentified flying objects. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. Most of my research is based on a really fantastic long-form New York, uh, the New Yorker article Mm -hmm. uh, called How the Pentagon Started Taking UFOs Seriously by Gideon Lewis Krauss. Okay. And that was published April 30th of 2021. 
So fairly recently. Yeah. We've got some tasty, tasty recent morsels. Wasn't there an article like last year in the year of our Lord 2020 where they were like, oh yeah, UFOs exist. And we were just like, I don't have time for this. And that's exactly what this response is too. So that moment in time when the United States government was like, oops, Oops. these Navy Navy videos of UFOs got leaked and we weren't going to tell you guys about it, but fuck it. Yeah, there's totally UFOs. We don't know what to do about it. <laughs> yeah, and literally everyone was just like, "Cool story." I don't, I can't, right. I don't well, have at the that bandwidth. Point in time, all of us exactly, we couldn't fucking get toilet paper. We did yeah. not have the ability. The U- the government picked its time wisely. Okay, so I am I'm preparing myself mentally and spiritually for this. Uh, okay. Well, so... I'm gonna tell you, it's a lot of this is rather dry. Oh, okay. So the article discusses. Um, a series of government agencies that have been secretly watching UFOs and collecting information about sightings. What are these UFOs? <laughs> Unfortunately. They're unidentified? They're yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> oh. But um, in when the government uh, leaked these two documents, or when they were leaked, rather, uh-huh. uh, a task force was put together uh, that was going to put together, it was going to collect disparate reports from all these different agencies that have been collecting since the 40s. Sure. And they're going to put together a packet of information. It did come out in June, uh, but it's pretty tight-lipped. <laughs> so there's still more work to be done. Okay. Uh, but let's talk about it. Yeah, please. So one of the most shocking moments in UFOology, mm-hmm. which even sounds silly. Sounds so stupid. All of this has been designed to be laughed at. Okay. Because they don't want us to take it seriously. I'm mad that they like made me do this, but I also still don't really care about UFOs. <laughs> Completely. I understand. I understand. That's one of the things I was, when I talked to you on the phone today, I was yeah. so fucking agitated. Yeah. This is why. Okay. <laughs> okay. So there was a man, uh, last name Greer. He works for something called the Disclosure Project. Mm-hmm. And in May 9th of 2001, okay. an auspicious year. Uh, He put out that frequent UFO visitors are coming to Earth. Their tech exceeds our own, uh, including, you know, high-speed velocity, no means of propulsion, maneuverability that is outside uh, normal physics understandings, and uh, exceeding G-forces that would turn humans into slime. We've just been casually living through the plot of Arrival, and we just haven't even noticed? Basically. I'm so mad. A thousand percent. I'm so it's mad. Gonna get, you're going to get so much worse. Okay. <laughs> uh, he has these bundles of declassified documents that uh-huh. are labeled as cosmic top secret. They are so top secret. Cosmic. They actually exceed the commander in chief. This is so stupid. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so the reason that they were not released, uh-huh. and there are government documents that talk about this, is that they are direct force to the um, the socio economical, geopolitical, and organization of the world. It's too much information. Uh-huh. It makes people panic. And we have a Michigan It's making example. me panic. Yeah. yeah, it will. Oh, no. <laughs> so um, this document that he put out in 2001, it was supported by generals. It was supported by pilots. It was supported by people from inside the White House. Mm-hmm. Uh, Congress never investigated. Oh, well, why would they? They, they don't just... investigate. Fuck all. They dismissed it out of hand. And Nancy Pelosi. The handy 9-11 to refocus America's intent. And so everybody could just kind of forget about this. 9-11 is still such a huge thing in our lives that it overshadowed, the 20-year anniversary of it overshadowed UFOs. Yeah. 
I hate this. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. This is the original. Oh. This happened in 2001. Oh, 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 oh. Right, right, Remember right. Remember I said okay. auspicious year? Oh, yeah. That's um, right. So 9-11 happened. I thought it was like, I mean, yeah, people talked about it this year, but like. <laughs> I would not be surprised if the model for this uh-huh. was why the government leaked the information mid-pandemic. People had what they could handle, so they were going to dismiss anything bigger. I, no, <laughs> I can't. So the government, in this document, it's a 1,000-page uh-huh. document. Basically. Of course it is. Of course it is. <laughs> uh, the, it basically asserts that the government knew a lot, but didn't want to shed a light on their knowledge because it, they didn't want people to panic. Yeah. When people know too much, they panic. And then they buy all the toilet paper. Like, this is, we, like, I, yeah, I see where they're coming from. So one of the things that this document released is that there is a, a there are multiple UFO uh, agents, multiple programs of U.S. Ag- agencies that are watching things. There's an FBI. Mm-hmm. So for our international listeners, the FBI is basically the Federal Bureau of Intelligence, and yeah. that is effectively it's federal like, police. It's the Interpol of just our country. Yes, that's very, yes, very well stated. Mm-hmm. Uh, another group was from the CIA. Mm-hmm. The CIA is the Central Intelligence Agency. That's basically our spy network. Yeah, uh, spy sh- Another group is likely Homeland Security, though they haven't come up. In 2001, they didn't come up because they didn't exist They didn't exist because Homeland Security has not always existed. It existed in the wake of 9-11. Yep. We can't get rid of it. (laughs) Yes, we can. (laughs) And then the uh, final group that is referenced regularly is the Pentagon. Yeah. The Pentagon is the home base of the United States government. Well, of the military part of it. Sorry. What did I say? Government. Oh, I meant military. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Thank you. Um, So... The, uh, one of the terms that they use for UFOs is a UAP, mm-hmm. which is an unidentified aerial phenomenon. Oh, if we just change the letters, no one will know or care. A little. Oh, <laughs> they also, also okay. It's it also did, more accurate. It also did not uh, get past me that they put all this in a thousand-page document, knowing full well the no government gonna... did not release the thousand-page document. Okay, who did? People who want the government to start fucking talking. Oh, okay. I was like, no one's gonna read a thousand-page document. No, no. Um, so, um, everything that, every time some people have tried to be like, there's UFOs and they're coming to earth and the government has evidence. The government's like, nah. Exactly. Until 2017. What happened in 2017? In 2017, a New York Times article came out that had a smoke, it was a smoking gun article that showed the United States government is aware of UFOs. They do have evidence. And they have been using government funds to fund programs to study them for decades. How did we all miss that? What were we... I mean, it People was... People didn't miss it. It was front oh. page news. Oh, well, I missed it. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> In 2017, you were busy. I was starting grad school, yeah. yeah you were busy. Um, and it, it was... Millions, millions of readers. It's a huge story. Okay. Um, but sure. again, a lot of people are quick to dismiss it because oh. it's kooks. Mm. You know? Mm. And that is by design. Mm. Uh, so the front page of the New York Times, it had evidence of a secret Pentagon UFO, uh, as well as uh, leaked evidence, two videos from the Navy. Um, and after that, the subject started to gain gravitas. It wasn't just for kooks anymore. The New York Times was covering it well as okay. it's real news with real government backing. Um, a quote from this, uh, the following, the subsequent um press conference is pretty great okay some of the phenomenon we're going to be we're going to see uh continues to be unexplained and might in fact be some type of phenomenon 
that is the result of something we don't yet understand or could involve some type of activity that may constitute what some call a different form of life. Jesus. That comes from CIA director, former director, John Brennan. I... Yeah, that sounds like the most CIA response ever. Right? Just, uh, uh, maybe. Well, maybe. <laughs> that brings us to Deputy Secretary of Defense David Norquist. Mm-hmm. He uh, was put together uh, following this as things have progressed uh, going into 2020 and 2021. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Unidentified Phenomena, Unidentified Aerial Phenomena Task Force, <sighs> which is part of the 2001 Intelligence Authorization Act. Okay. We're going to come back to that. Okay. So in between... 2001 Uh and 2021, a fair bit of research has been going on trying to get into real government documents that discuss unidentified flying objects. Yes. And trying to get um, as much actual evidence. Mm -hmm. So there's a woman whose name is Leslie Kiern. Uh, She's really fascinating. She wrote the book UFOs. Generals, pilots, government officials go on the record, and that's 2010 Random House. Uh, And her quote here is that the U.S. government routinely ignores UFOs, and when pressed, they issue false explanations. Um, And the false explanations are very obvious, end quote before that, obviously. Um, So she has been really looking into this, trying to find really scholarly uh, multiple people verifying a story, mm. uh, multiple vantage points, uh, telemetry, whatever she can get. She's been working on that uh, really since the close of the official Blue Book campaign. And we'll talk about them in just a second. So let's jump back to post-war America. <laughs> Please. 1940s. <laughs> 1940s issued in the, t- the Atomic Age. Yeah. It was a time. It was a time. It was a time. Uh, we were making a lot of advances technologically very quickly mm-hmm. and this tinfoil hat's on shink <laughs> some people think the reason we started seeing more quote-unquote alien activity mm-hmm. is because we were making these big technological advances mm-hmm. that were dangerous to the rest of the universe no so one of the things about <laughs> no <laughs> one of the things about ufos is that their technology always just exceeds our own. Yeah. And so as our technology is taking these leaps and bounds, and more people are looking to the skies and watching what's going on and seeing these planes, things are getting ready for the Cold War, they start seeing more things in the sky that they can't explain. Uh We're also seeing our technology advance in terms of radar and sonar and Mm -hmm. weather technology, all sorts of things. And it picks up on things that we can't... Uh, always identify and it also explains away things that should have been like oh it's actually a flock of geese and you're high yeah sometimes that's the case yeah sometimes it do be a flock of geese right Uh, so post-war America uh, at that point in time most people believed in aliens and visiting uh, UFOs as a matter of course they just believed in at that point in time it wasn't considered uh, silly it was just sort of like you know it probably is happening Yeah, I mean, it was like, we're going to the moon. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Very much. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you are exactly on the same page. Um, So because everybody believed in that, uh, there was a certain amount of stricture that went into people trying to identify these things. It wasn't considered kook science. So Leslie Kern is trying to carry that on. Uh And she is 
uh, still trying to apply those same strictures. Like I said, she looks for multiple witnesses, non-human telemetry, trained observers, that mm-hmm. sort of stuff. And she tries to corroborate stories yeah. compared to what was happening in the atmosphere at that time at that place. Mm. You know, like she's she's just trying to work on stuff like that. There's one episode of the recent um, like uh, Unsolved Mysteries on Netflix yeah. that's about UFOs. Ooh. It's pretty good. I'm not a UFO person, but that one has like multiple witnesses and like I wonder from if I, different spots around that area where the I'm sighting gonna cover was. a couple different stories okay, okay, that are okay. strong okay. like that. Okay, so she wasn't expecting to be a UFOologist. She did she did Nobody not expect this to be her life. Sits out no. in their life. Yeah, she has, she comes from this like auspicious New England family. Like oh. she's a descendant of the Winthrops. Wow. From, like, Massachusetts Bay. Wow. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so um, she lived all these different lives, and she was a reporter. Mm-hmm. She covered a lot of um, criminal justice stories. And then she was given a document, and it was a French government document concerning UFOs and French government. <laughs> yep. And, like, what they should worry about in defense. And this was in, the, I think, the 1970s. Um uh, and it said that, um, she she said rather, that it turned her on to the idea that we don't know everything and that we are in the infancy of our time on this planet. It's a pretty interesting idea. Yeah, yeah. She's not wrong. No. If on the, what they call the geological clock, yeah. humans have only been on for an hour and yeah, we've only had that. technology in the last second. Yeah. Yeah. It's wild. It is. 60 some years between the first flight and us landing on the moon. Mm-hmm. We go fast. Yeah. So uh, just to re, she reinforces in this article that it's the power of stigma that keeps people out of the subject. The fact Mm. that we are uncomfortable and we label these people as crazy. Stuffing people into lockers over this. I only stuff people into lockers over Lord of the Rings. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But a lot of it is likely by design. Mm. Um, So so she's not the first person to think that uh, some of the spaceships, that we've been seeing spaceships through history, for example. There was a book that came out in 1974 by... Um, Joseph F. Blumenrich, called The Spaceships of Ezekiel. Okay. And in this book, he discusses his theory that some of the spectral angels that come up in the book of Ezekiel, like the spinning rings, are not angels. Biblical angels. Exactly. But visitors from another planet. Okay. Isn't that interesting? Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, There's also the USA UFO Controversy in America, 1975, by David Jacobs. And that discusses an 1896 and 1897 story, uh, repeated stories from multiple eyewitnesses who reported seeing uh, airship sightings at that point in time in the Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania area. Oh, all right. Pennsylvania is going to come up a couple times. Okay. Which doesn't surprise me. There's not a lot going on. (laughs) Um, So in the modern UFO era, kind of began in 1974 with what's known as the Arnold sighting. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's when a private aviator... Uh, was flying near Mount Rainier in 1947. Okay. And he saw a loose formation of nine boomerang-shaped uh, moving objects. And they were moving two or three times the speed of sound. Now, I told I was telling my dad... <laughs> what? <laughs> what is this Freudian slip? <laughs> I was telling Dan... Whoa! <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Yeah, my ass is going back to therapy. <laughs> look that came over you. I know that would be bad. Ah. The thing is, they're nothing alike. I know. You, <laughs> you did this on purpose. 
Anyway, we can cut that out if you want. That's fine. Let it stand. Okay. <laughs> anyway, um, so the, he sees two or three. They're moving two or three times the speed of sound. Uh-huh. But Dan, who works in aviation, your, your husband, who yes, you love, whom I love in a different way that I love my father. Oh, Christ! Fucking Sigmund Freud can eat my ass. Anyway, um, Dan works in aviation, and uh-huh. he has taken flight school. Um, classes he's he's through them uh-huh. uh, he doesn't do the actual flying but he knows how he knows the theory yeah you want him on a plane if the plane if the pilot passes out okay interesting anyway the idea that it's easy to gauge how things are going in space is very difficult um, things move very quickly because there's no landmarks really yeah. up close to show you in your line of vision how fast or slow things are moving. Sure. If yeah. you're in a vacuum, it's hard to judge. Yeah. So keep that in mind as like a skepticism. Okay. Okay. So at the time, the government came out and responded to that because, again, people were treating this seriously in 1947. Uh-huh. And they said, eh, it was mass hypnosis and also some meteorological jitters. Only in the 40s could the government just be like, it was the Wiggles. Right. <laughs> Meteorological jitters. Meteorological jitters. What the fuck does that even mean? And everyone's just like, mm, yes. <laughs> uh, so then the Cold War's coming. Mm-hmm. And there was what was called the Twinning Memo. And the Twinning Memo was a U.S. government anxiety that has now been declassified. Uh-huh worrying that the Soviets would get their hands on alien technology and far exceed, or had already gotten their hands on alien Natch, technology. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This tracks. Yeah. Um, following the fall of the uh, Soviet Union in 1991, uh-huh. they found basically the same memo of the Soviets worried about the Americans. Obviously, yes. Yeah. There's, I, the Cold War will never cease to just amaze me. The Cold War will never cease, period. And it war. Will, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, So at that point in time, Project uh, Sign is investigated. Project Sign is is one of the first, not exactly secret, but certainly quiet uh, UFOlogy government programs where they're studying, tracking, classifying, trying to debunk Mm -hmm. these mysteries. Mm -hmm. Of of what has been declassified and what has been given out, um, 20% of their stories have never been explained. Okay, I don't know what to do with that number. There are worse numbers coming. (laughs) Okay. So let's talk about some of the most pressing things that they found. Yeah. And I have not looked at these documents directly. Sure. They're pretty scant. Uh The details are fairly light. Uh, There are more people who can speak to it out there because a lot of these people are still alive, but not all of them. All right. So in 1948, Eastern Airlines, a DC-3 pilot, Pilot, he's flying a DC three, mm-hmm. uh, sees a large cigar shaped uh, vehicle, and it has a tremendous velocity, mm-hmm. making a- abrupt turns, coming right at their plane, makes an abrupt turn, and then vanishes. Yeah, people on the plane saw it as well. Okay, a pilot in a second airplane mm-hmm. farther away mm-hmm. saw it, and there were also eyewitnesses on the ground. You could see the rows of windows as it zipped past. So people are seeing a great deal of detail. It's not just yeah. like a ball of light in the air. 
Also, I'm wondering if this is one of the stories I covered when we did our UFO episode. I have no memory of this. Okay. (laughs) So, again, I'm just briefly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, In 1952, Uh an armada of of UFOs started to violate U.S. White House airspace. Sorry, what? Yes, 1952. Uh, They were, it was the Top Times headline. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was seen by individual pilots and picked up on radar. Mm -hmm. There is evidence, non-human telemetry evidence. Um, apparently they were saucer shaped and they went up and down. The Air Force said that they made no response, but secretly it did come out later through these declassified documents that they did scramble jets to cover the U.S. airspace. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) They never shot anything down that we know of, um, but they did have to give the largest press conference given since the end of World War II. Uh Uh-huh. In it, they explained that... It's the jitters. (laughs) They didn't have an explanation. Oh. They have what they um, eventually start referring to as uh, militant agnost- agnosticism. <gasps> I don't know, and you don't either. Yeah. I love that in a um, terrifying way. <laughs> the quote that they used were, credible observers seeing and reporting incredible things. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Mm. So at that point in time, national safety is now being questioned. The USA has to have control over their airspace, mm-hmm. or they're not going to be considered a country that is in control. It would be easily overrun. And mm-hmm. that's a perspective that they didn't want to give. Sure. So it was time to shut up about the UFOs. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. It's making us look bad. The unofficial government stance became ridicule because national safety was at risk. So <laughs> UFO groups were infiltrated mm-hmm. by United States government. Mm-hmm. Um, private groups were infiltrated. Um Walter Cronkite in 1966. No, not you. Indeed. He was used as kind of an agent of the government. He did actually believe this, um, but he was fed information to make um, this story called uh, UFOs, Friend, Foe, or Fantasy. And he very somberly comes to the conclusion that they're all fantasy and nobody has anything to worry about because that's what keeps people quiet and orderly. Yeah, no, yeah. that makes sense. Of course. <laughs> um, so again, the unofficial government stance is ridicule. Mm. The more official government stance is militant agnosticism. <laughs> so Project Sign uh-huh. is the CIA project. Project Signs, the M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> is it? Oh, oh okay. Signs is. Oh, gotcha. I've never seen that one. Oh. Uh, so Project fine. Sign becomes Project Blue Book. Okay. People had heard of Project Sign. Project Blue Book. It's new, like Meta. Yeah. We've never heard of it. Exactly. It's new, it's quiet. Uh, it had a low enough Who's operating Facebook? budget. We don't know her. We're Meta. <laughs> right. Never heard of her. Never heard of her. Um, Project Blue Book uh, has 95% of their findings. They were easy to explain. Mm-hmm. Weather atmosphere things, things like sun dogs and stuff like that. Sun dogs? Do you know what a sun dog is? No idea. When it's really, really cold, ice crystals freeze in the air oh. and it creates... Um, do you know what a fire dog is? No, these all sound like Star Wars. Fire dogs are uh, the things. Dogs that on fire, shot. made of fire, and they dance across the sky. <laughs> Honestly, you should know this because you work in museums. Oh, okay. It's <laughs> a really common term for what holds your logs in a fireplace. Oh. They have like the dogs that are like shaped like out of iron on the side, and okay. then you put the logs in. All right. So a sun dog uh-huh. is. What we'll keeps crystal- the sun in the sky? That's it. Yep. <laughs> you, you got it, Jen. You sorted it out. A scientific mind like yours could not be held back. I knew it. 
Sundogs uh, ice crystals freeze in the air, and it reflects columns of light. Sure. And so they look like fire dogs on the side of the sun. They look like fire dogs. We all know this. There you go. It's <laughs> very know. common information. We all know what fire dogs are. Raise your hand at home if you knew what a fire dog was. That's right. None of you are raising. I bet you they're raising their hands. Yeah, that's because you're all nerds. <laughs> we'll shove you all in lockers. <laughs> Anyway, uh, so Project Sign becomes Project Blue Book. Uh-huh. 95% of their stories, they can debunk. Okay. 5%, though. 5%? That's that's not nothing. That's not nothing. Okay. Okay. So that takes us to 1966, Dexter, Michigan. Mm, six. Lovely number. Jen and I were talking before <laughs> about how I think six is the first unsatisfactory number. And I think that's completely weird and bullshit. No, six isn't a good number. One, two, three, four, five, all great. Six, crap, seven, good, eight, bad. This is nonsense. Anyway, continue. (laughs) I bet you a lot of people are going to agree with me, though. This is nonsense. It's not psychologically satisfying. Okay. All right, so in 1966 in Dexter, Michigan, they were seeing large football-shaped orbs of light that were moving around in the sky and lower to the ground. Okay. The you government. Know, you know how I feel about orbs. I big orbs though. Okay. Big orbs. Well, well now you're saying something. Yeah. <laughs> um, the government gets in, and the town of Dexter is on the is on the edge of hysteria, mass hysteria. Oh. And so they quickly get in, and they say swamp gas, swamp gas. It's all swamp gas. Don't worry, guys. Swamp gas. Just swamp gas. Is it on fire? Swamp gas does often actually catch on fire. There's a lot of I swamps and sodas, and I have seen swamp gas yeah. light on fire. But um, swamp gas fires don't look like footballs and they don't move independently through the sky no they're usually like yeah yeah and then they're blue and then they're gone yeah and they usually happen in like summer like Mm -hmm. when it's hot yeah um or there's an electrical storm rolling through or something so i don't know um so everybody in dexter michigan also did not believe the swamp gas thing because they're smart right they were like Okay. Uh, swamp gas actually became a um, uh, term for when the government was patronizing you. Oh, sure, guys. It's swamp gas. Love that. Yeah. I love that. Um, so they reached out to one of their congresspeople, uh-huh. Senator Ger- uh, Congressperson Gerald Ford. <gasps> no. Indeed. Okay. Old Jerry Tell himself. Tell me everything. <laughs> so Jerry demanded that the United States government look into it because... He's a good guy. He, yeah, I think so. Um, he wanted a better explanation than what the government was offering. And the government incredible. was like, no. He was on the Warren Commission. Yeah, well, that makes sense. <laughs> anyway, um, so Gerald Ford called, called for a better explanation. One was never offered. Stand-up guy. Yeah. Uh, Blue Book covers 12,000 cases in their time. Okay. 701 remain mm-hmm. unexpected. That's a lot. It is a lot. That's a lot. And some of them are so compelling that they said uh, one of the pieces of the report. I'm gonna I'm gonna misquote here because I didn't write this quote down. But they said that um, some of them are so compelling that you don't even need all 701. If you just had that one, it would still be enough to put in your brain that this is real. <laughs> I'm too gullible for this. <laughs> you're not gullible, Jen. You're being offered expert testimony, uh-huh. and you're believing in something yeah, yeah, yeah. that experts also believe in. Okay. But you've been trained and conditioned your whole life to uh-huh. reject it out of hand. Okay. Yeah. Welcome. You're right. Put on I your believe tinfoil you. hat. <laughs> <laughs> So, I don't want to believe. <laughs> as these things are getting, you know, a powerful congressperson is calling for criticism of the government over their response. Yeah. So they pay $300,000 to put out what's known as the Condon Report. 
Okay. The Condon Report is put out by the United States government. Yeah. It is a 1,000-page document. Oh, see? See? I knew we did that. That's where they hide all the good stuff, because they know you'll never read it. (laughs) And um, apparently, the document itself is downright sanctimonious in its derision of people who might believe. Oh. So the entire... I can't believe you, that you fools would be so dumb as to believe in all of this evidence that we have collected over the past decades. Yes. Yes. Jeff, yes, you've got it. No. Uh, So Condon, there was a lot of infighting uh, for this program. um, See this picture of a UFO in the sky? Only an idiot would believe it's real. (laughs) No. No. That's what's happening. No. Um, So it was... uh, they studied 91 Blewett cases for this report. Uh-huh. They found 30 of them that were never solved that were included in the Condon report. Um, but Condon really only writes one page, and he makes it his repeated line anytime somebody talks to him about this report. Okay. And he's basically saying, quote, the entire idea is unmitigated bunk. Further extensive studies cannot be justified. The talent and money of the talent of scientists and the money of the government should be spent elsewhere. Students who are studying UFOs should not be given class credit. Wow. So he's just trying to shut it all down. Like, you're not even allowed to ask anymore. Because he's making everybody, the official government story Uh is that it's unmitigated bunk and you're a fool for putting any time or money behind it. Wow. And you have been unknowingly fed that your entire life. propagandized. Fuck. (laughs) So with this big story out there, the Blue Uh Book... Um, secret program was shut down basically the following year. Okay. And unofficially, they have not been, they have not been in existence since 1970. Unofficially. Quink, 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 So let's talk about some of those stories. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, again, is this when you, uh, <laughs> we're in your uh, mental health journey, were you? <laughs> I don't want to talk about, I don't choose to answer that question this time. <laughs> I will neither confirm nor deny. I will neither confirm nor deny that I wrote this all down very angry. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, uh, England. Uh, one of these. One of the things I've heard I... of it. <laughs> Excellent. That's a great starting piece. I know where that is. Um, one of the things that was really compelling, um, because again, this was looking at multi-group uh, documents, so they have international stuff too. Mm-hmm. So England, 1980. This is called England's Roswell. No. Yeah. Okay. Tell me more. uh, Brief. I'm I'm very brief. Um, United States Air Force in England. Okay. RAF. Yep. Well, USAF at RAF. Oh, okay. (laughs) So they see a unidentified flying object Mm -hmm. and they make a contemporary report. No, I was going to do an accent. I'm not going to do that. I appreciate you not because they're American. So Shit. (laughs) You just said England, and that's, that's they're Engl- all. They're Americans in England. Good I, job. I don't know. That does not compute. <laughs> uh, this is specifically at the Royal Air Force Base Bentwater near Rendlesham Forest, mm-hmm. which is the greatest name I've ever heard. Sounds whimsical as fuck. Rendlesham Forest. <laughs> anyway, um, this was uh, allegedly, and there's a lot more detail online, mm-hmm. uh, but I just, I took, I boiled it down. Yes. So if you're looking up the story, you're looking for 1980 England's Roswell. Okay. Um, so allegedly, a unidentified flying object got close enough to a United States Air Force member. Mm-hmm. It was close enough to feel, 
the electric charge coming off of the surface. Uh-huh. And also, he could see the hieroglyphic designs that were etched into the surface of the machine. No. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> um, another story that they pulled uh, that they have not been able to explain is called the Irani- um, Tehran Dogfight. It is an Iranian Air Force story mm-hmm. uh, that comes from the city of Tehran, which was very, at that point in time, um, this is 1976. So oh, this is oh. pretty close to the Soviet Union border. Sure. Um, so yeah. an F-4 jet was mm-hmm. sent to intercept a glowing diamond that was hovering in the sky outside of Tehran mm-hmm. near the Soviet border. It was flashing intense red, green, orange, and blue lights, mm-hmm. making it impossible to see the actual body. Uh, but it was... In the document, mm-hmm. it says that it is the classic stuff of a valid UFO phenomenon. And it's very strange that the government would write that down. So, so they're like, this is true. Yes. Oh, no. <laughs> That's basically, the, yeah, it, it, it refers back to other things that they've been watching and that there are other things. Yeah, can you imagine writing, like, reading in, like, one small report, you're like, uh, oh, this is probably fucking bullshit. And then there's a line that's like, oh, yeah, this tracks with all of the other evidence. And you're like, well, all right. <laughs> you're like, ah, fuck, I'm going to go now. Um, so it takes us to 1965, uh, Kecksburg, Pennsylvania, which is a suburb of Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Um, again, 1965. An object the size of a Volks... Volks? Fuck. Yes. <laughs> An object the size of a Volkswagen Beetle uh-huh. plummeted from the sky. It was acorn-shaped. It was seen by multiple witnesses. And it was also reported by multiple witnesses that it was removed on flatbed truck by armed military who scouted the area for hours and days afterwards. A Freedom of Information Act was submitted by Leslie... Kern to NASA. Uh, they have been non-compliant with that Freedom of Information Act. Uh, so when she pushed again and she subpoenaed for the information, they sent her a thousand boxes of papers that were not relevant. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. Indeed. Yes. Uh, so that takes us to 2006. Okay. You know. Sure. You were a sophomore. I was yeah yeah <laughs> um the, a revolving metallic looking disc was seen suspended over gate c17 at chicago o'hare and wow. it was there uh it hovered there for several minutes a recording of, i'm glad that they chose the appropriate terminals yeah, for for long distance flights for, yes yeah <laughs> nothing none of this uh domestic midway shit yeah. you got it you can't just pull down in a cornfield no and make a crop circle you That's gotta right. you gotta go to a place You're of travel do business do it upright yeah um so this spinning uh orb was seen by multiple people including air, fa- air traffic control uh air traffic control is recorded when they say hey do you guys see this over c17 air traffic control said no i didn't and if i if i had i wouldn't say so what yeah. The fuck. <laughs> they also, in the in the lead up to that, they kind of inferred, they kind of um, made a joke that the person who was seeing it was drunk or high. Again, the official stance has been ridicule. I'm, yes. Agitated I'm like mad. I was. I'm mad. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. When I called Jen on the phone to discuss our episode and like what time she was going to get here and uh-huh. what we were going to have for dinner. Yeah. Uh, I was you're, super. You were heated. I was hot. <laughs> and I'm still mad. Uh-huh. <sighs> All right. I just uh, back to England. 
Okay, so back to England, 2007. Uh-huh. 2007. 2007, very People good year. People have cameras. They are I used. went to England that year. Oh, nice. So 2007, passenger plane from Southampton to one of the Channel Islands in England. Mm-hmm. Between the England, you know, English Channel. Mm-hmm. The captain and passengers of this small plane saw a... Saw what, Kate? I don't know. I can't read my own handwriting. Okay. Bright. It's the word bright. Wow. (laughs) Bright, unflickering yellow light. It was long and cigar-shaped with sharp edges and pointed ends about the size of a reasonably large town. A town? Not only did the captain, the pilot, see this, but also the passengers behind him. He used his binoculars to bring it into focus. Another passenger behind him grabbed the binoculars and looked too and confirmed what he was seeing. Uh, There was actually corroborating data from the Jersey Air Traffic Control, as well as radar, who also picked this this large object up. Um, A second commercial pilot nearby saw it. Debunkers have looked very hard at this, and they've been unable to explain it. Hmm. The British government came out with an official statement. And it was? That because it didn't happen in British government airspace, it's not their problem. I enjoy that. That's a good response. They're like, listen, we don't have the bandwidth for this. Right. So we just got to... No. Exactly. So um, debunkers are frequently referenced in that article that I was talking about. Um, Mike Wick, especially, is one of them. Uh, And his constant refrain for these people who position themselves as experts of UFOlogy is that you cannot be an expert in the unknown. And I think that's also something to keep in mind. Yeah. Like, I don't, I know I'm a believer and I believe in things and that's my thing, but we can't just like blindly believe. Mm. <laughs> All right. Um, jumping back in time a little bit, because it wasn't, uh, I should have put this in chronological order. In 2004 in San Diego, uh, outside, outside of San Diego and Baja, California and restricted water, mm-hmm. uh, the strike group... NITS carrier was conducting training with the USS Princeton. Mm-hmm. Um, the USS Princeton, using their strong spy radar, they gathered a very strange presence in the sky that was flying about 100,000 feet. A normal commercial airline pilot flies at about 36,000 feet. Mm-hmm. So when you are thinking of like standing on the ground, looking up and seeing, you know, a plane in the mm-hmm. sky with the contrails and everything, Three times higher than that into the atmosphere, which is right at the edge of our atmosphere, 100,000 feet in the air, is where they were seeing this device. Um, And it was about 40 feet long. Uh, There was no wings or flight planes, uh, flight surfaces. They did not have a means of propulsion that could be identified. Uh, And it was bouncing through the air like a ping pong, which is a very unusual movement. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was... 20 other pilots were on board, and they agreed with what was being said they and said, seen. yes, this is weird. <laughs> that is weird as fuck. <laughs> um, eventually, it departed abruptly at a high speed, but they do have a record of it for 1 minute and 16 seconds. This is one of the Navy, de- Navy videos that was leaked in 2017. There's a video of it? There is a video of it. It's pretty fucking compelling. Okay. Although, and again, this is... A debunker thing. Mm-hmm. The video is pretty grainy. 
Yeah, so aren't in, they always? Well, right. That's just it. Cameras keep getting better and better and better. Mm-hmm. But the video of these phenomena are always shady as shit. Well, 2004 was not a... Not a great year for cameras. Yeah. <laughs> well, not um, a, What's interesting yeah. about the video that I, even the first time I saw it, I found very compelling was that it almost looks like the device shows intelligence. Like it kind of notices that it's being watched and then mm. it disappears. Mm-hmm. And I think that's interesting. The aliens aside, they're like, oh, Fuck, her invisibility shield went down. Right, yeah, something like that. Um, So this story was leaked in that December 16th, 2017 New York Times article that I told you about. Mm -hmm. The Pentagon confirmed that there was an investigating program in that article. Um, It was secret, but real. They confirmed, they're like, ah, you got us. Yeah, we've known about UFOs for a while. (laughs) Secret, but real. I'm insane. Uh, This is making me insane. (laughs) Yeah. They also argued that they shut down any collection of UFO evidence in 2012. But last time they said they shut it down in 2070. Or 2070. Very 1970. Good year. <laughs> Sorry. Wait, wait, wait. Okay. But like their response is like, ah, you got us. It's real, but we're going to stop. We had already stopped. We had. Because it leaked in 2017. Oh, oh. We stopped collecting five years ago. You guys got us. But that. D- we stopped collecting evidence. Like, that's their grand excuse. Like, oh, but we're not doing that anymore. No, you're not doing anything. You're, you're not collecting any. Like, but that's And also, not they're still collecting it. Different. Just, they're just hiding the program. Yeah. 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 Um, so, at that time, though, it became the new policy to start taking UFO, UFO reports seriously by the United States government. Sure. Uh, senators began getting briefed on them in 2019. Um Good cameras, bad photo evidence. We already talked about that. Uh, it is also relevant that there are weather balloons. There's experimental aircraft. Balloon boy took up an entire day. Exactly. Um, so in 2020, mm-hmm. this is when that story comes out that we already talked about. Yeah. The Department of Defense, David Norquist, comes out to announce the UFO task force. Uh, the Oh, He tells people that there is substantial evidence in this report that he puts out. Mm -hmm. And he says, the public, I would hope, doesn't expect to see the crown jewels. What does that mean? Meaning he's not going to show you the best shit. The stuff that you have, the stuff that has already been leaked, is not as compelling as the stuff he's not willing to show you. What a fucking tease. Yeah. Why? What's the point of that? Um, It is also worth noting that there are other scientific, more scientific... um, Studies because UFOlogy, you know, there's not a grad degree program in that. Well, yeah. What what are the what are the standards that right. you are held to exactly. in that? Um, but biologists mm-hmm. and people who study large numbers uh, apply. People who st- I know what that like. I know that that's a thing. But like, I study big numbers. Right. <laughs> the law of large numbers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Experimental physicists. I know there's like math and shit behind that. Right. Sounds silly. Um, There are people who apply these highly scientific principles to the search for extraterrestrial life. Uh One group is called SETI, Uh Search for Extraterrestrial Intelligence, S-E-T-I. And their main argument is that it is highly improbable that the Earth is yeah. the only planet I mean, I knew in that. all of the given planets and galaxies like, right. to spontaneously generate life, intelligent it, life. That does seem like insane Probably. that we, you would be the only ones. But yeah. at the same time, I just didn't want to think about Yeah, of course not. That. Um, <laughs> they said he expects that we will find intelligent life in the universe by the year 2036. That's not far from now. Yep. Okay. 
When that comes out, <laughs> imagine how big of a national event will have to be generated to turn people's attention away. Stop. <laughs> and that's the conspiracy theory. That is a little bit. Um, what's important to remember, though, is that we should not treat these stories with stigma. We can take away that taboo because mm. the government is also taking it seriously now. Okay. And that's the end of my story. Well, you fucked me right up. Yep. So, and I cut that, I cut it down so much. There's so much more I could have talked about. Oh, my God. Like, I really took a hack to, like, what I was going to talk about. All right. Well, um. But I hope people do believe now. I feel like I, I still don't want to. Yeah. Fair. <laughs> Completely fair. And it's not, like, it's just more of a, like, I think I just can't. I just can't deal with it. <laughs> I, I completely understand. And that's really what the government's banking on. I know. And that makes me mad because I don't want to do what the government wants me to do. Well, you're um, a contrarian. It's like, a Scorpio yeah. cusp. Mm. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens in the future. 2036. When 2036. not so distant future. When 2036 rolls around and we all for sure know, I will fully uh, say that I knew all along. Sure. I never doubted it for a second. Okay. So that's my official stance. Yeah. All right. You're right. If it doesn't happen, I'll be like, this was all bullshit the entire time. <laughs> I never believed it. Never for believed it for second. a second. Um, okay. So. <laughs> one more thing. Just okay. one more thing. Please. I want to reiterate my initial point that. Conspiracy theory would not thrive if the government did not lie to us so obviously and so frequently. Yes. Thank you. That's all. Thank you and good night. Um, okay, so um, this is going to feel very different. Good. Because <laughs> I don't want to be angry anymore. It's it's so weird because like this might, like I apologize if this gets a little dry, but it's an academic paper mm-hmm. about poltergeists. Awesome. I am confusion. <laughs> um, so this was, uh, yeah, like this, I, this came up in a list of like, oh, yeah, poltergeist. Yeah, that's something that's this. And I was like, okay, what? 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 <laughs> Tell me more. Um, and so I, I went to that CIA website and I just typed in poltergeist into the search bar and it came up with results <laughs> because obviously. I can't wait. Um, so I found an academic paper written at Colgate University. Okay, don't know where that is. That is in upstate New York. Oh. I'm very familiar with Colgate it. Colgate of the Teeth? Uh, probably has something to do with it. Yeah, but it's in Ithaca. Yeah. Um, what or, is it in Ithaca? Or near Ithaca. Um, if I'm like... wrong on that, don't correct me. It's close enough. Right. <laughs> We're in Michigan and we don't care. Elliot. No. Uh... <laughs> oh, yeah, how is your hot brother? Stop it. <laughs> Um, so this paper was written by David Hess uh, at Colgate University, and I couldn't, it didn't list, like, a class hmm. for it, and I think it was, like, I think he's, like, postdoctorate or something, because it was, like, he mentioned, like, oh, yeah, my doctoral research, like, blah, 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 and you're like, no, oh, okay. Give us some details, So here's Davey. a, um... Yeah, the paper is called The Poltergeist and Cultural Values, a Comparative Interpretation of a Brazilian and American Case. Cool. Yeah. It was approved for release or declassification in uh, 2003. Okay. 
Um, and it was originally um, classified as unclassified. So I'll get to that later. Um, so the, <laughs> this is like, again, it's gonna, there's going to be parts of it that are like very wordy and academic. But it's about fucking poltergeists. So, like, I don't... Okay, so... When you say fucking poltergeists, do you No, 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 no. I wish. Like, are the poltergeists fucking? Am I fucking the poltergeist? Yeah, so, like, in his, like, intro to the paper, he says, like, most parapsychologists who belong to the Parapsychological Association interpret poltergeists as the, quote, recurrent spontaneous psychokinesis, or RSPK, of an agent, uh, which is a person around whom the phenomena focus. Usually like a young girl. Yeah. Uh, this, uh, so this paper, examine, uh, this paper examines some of the cultural values and implicit assumptions behind this interpretation by comparing a typical poltergeist case <laughs> in the United States with one in Brazil. Yeah. So it takes, so he then goes on to describe the two case studies of poltergeist activity. Um, And he starts with the one in Brazil. So this is based on research um, by um, Hernani, uh, or uh, I'm sorry, I don't know Portuguese, Um, Guilherme Andrade. Um, He, uh, this story takes place in uh, Guaro. Warlohos. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. Um, oh, we're especially white today. Yeah, I apologize. I apologize. Um, in the state, it's near Sao Paulo. Um, so uh, there's a, an extended family that lives together in two connected houses. Okay. So very, very typical, like, multi-generational home. Uh, so the presumed poltergeist agent is a woman uh, named Noemia. Uh, who is uh, recently married and pregnant. Uh, She lives with her husband, their one-and-a-half-year-old daughter, and her husband's father and mother, and their family of three daughters and two sons. Um, That's a lot of people in one house. Two two connected houses. Oh, okay. And this is very typical in, like... Sure. Not America to have extended families living together. Yeah. Um, Which makes a lot of sense when you're raising kids. Um... Because you got daycare daycare right there. Um, I wish we did more of that here when it comes to that. (laughs) Okay, so they all belong to a Pentecostalist faith. um, Oh. Which is a lot more of a very spiritual faith. Um, (laughs) Pentecostals usually holy rollers, snake handlers, that sort of shit. Speaking in tongues. Yeah. Yes. Spiritual. You're so nice. Yeah, I... (laughs) I feel like a lot of people have vague connotations for Pentecostals. Um, I'm just surprised Pentecostals are in South America. It's a it's a it's a apparently a rapidly growing denomination in oh, Brazil. That's unfortunate. I I get it. Um, I think well, like Catholicism is big in Latin America because colonialism, Spanish colonialism, but I mean Catholicism believes a lot in the spiritual world too, and combine that with indigenous cultures that are accept a lot of different spiritual practices and then well you also have to remember there's a large amount of um yes Mm. white supremacy really in the Uh pentecostal faith oh i mean yeah i think in the american pentecostal faith yeah. yeah um but i there is there is a lot of in in 
Brazil, there is a lot of color supremacy. Sure. Because they were also part of the triangle trade. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that it's necessarily has to be baked into their... We don't have to go. It's no, not, this is not about sorry. Pentecostalism. <laughs> Let's just keep going. Uh, so anyway, suffice to say, it really doesn't matter in the case of this story, but they are Pentecostals. Yeah. Um, so... So Andrade uh, divides the case into three major phases based on, like, the time period. So the initial first phase, um, the family starts experiencing cuts in the furniture. Okay. Um, uh, disappearing money. Okay. Could be being robbed. Um, uh, they, but then they see apparitions of a monstrous animal-like figure. Oh, interesting. That's hardcore right yeah. away. Um, this, by the way, happens between... April 27th um, to May 1st of 1973. Oh, okay. I would love to see a movie about this. Ah, same. Give me some 1970s Sao Paulo, like, like poltergeist yep. activity. I'd watch the shit out of that. Watch the shit out of that. <laughs> anyway, uh, so, uh, so, but the activity would end after the family said prayers or read from the Bible. Okay. Typical. Uh, so the second phase... Um, it kind of overlaps a little bit, but it starts... Uh, Amping up. Yeah. Or actually, no, uh, according to my notes, it's a year later. So <laughs> I, I don't I don't know if I just copied it down wrong or... No, I think it's a year later. Okay. So it's the end of April 1974 through October 25th, 1974. Mm-hmm. So the family starts experiencing um, what they called rock showers. Okay. I have no idea. I think falling rock from yeah, somewhere. From somewhere. Um, bodily cuts. Um, Yikes. First on the husband, then on no- Noemia's daughter, oh. then on Noemia herself. Yikes. Which is scary. Uh, tears appear in their clothing, broken objects, mysterious appearances of rosemary branches. Oh. Used uh, to hit people. Oh, okay. Uh, and then disappearances of money again. And fires. Wow. So, yeah, so I don't, I don't know, I don't know how big they get, but okay, just fires, you know, yeah, just fires. Um, no big deal. Yeah, the, again, like, like I'm reading this and it's a photocopied of a like hand typed paper. Okay. And it's all just like listed, like, sure. and this is what happened in the next phase, and you're just like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> detail. <laughs> Motherfucker. Like, what? <laughs> um, so I was just like, yeah, just like calmly typing this up. And then I was like, what? And then you just realize what you're doing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, da, 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 da. so during this period, Noemia and her family moved to her her family's home. Okay. Um, and the poltergeist activity follows them there. No. Yeah. Well, it is often attached to a person. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. So, uh, in August, the family moves to a new home in in the town that they live. And uh, I'm so sorry. It's okay. Yeah. We Uh, didn't take Spanish. We didn't take Portuguese. I took Spanish. I did not take Portuguese. Oh, okay. Well. (laughs) Um, And they have an evangelical session in their home, which seems to be successful. So, I assume some kind of blessing. Yeah. Like, kind of... Holy Roller, Devil Eve, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, okay, so then the third phase um, is uh, the next year, uh, the end of March, 1975, and it doesn't give an end date for this, but I assume it's not still going on. Um, so the family starts experiencing money going missing again. That seems to be a solid 
thing. That ghost had, uh, or that poltergeist had uh, some champagne tastes. Yeah. Um, Moving and breaking objects. Falling stones again. Uh, But no more cuts on anyone. Any fires? I don't know. No fires. Okay. Um, uh, One of the children, uh, and as well as a girl who did chores for the family, uh, started showing signs of spirit possession. Yikes. 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 Yeah. Uh, Noemia uh, lost a tooth while she was sleeping in her sleep. Well, okay. So Noemia might have just had, like, a nutritional imbalance. (laughs) That is also, like, low-key one of my fears. It's like sometimes I wake up and I feel – and I've been, like, clenching my jaw and I, like, like unhinge. And then I just, like, start feeling around, like, oh, God, did I, like, crack one of my teeth in my sleep? That's a sign of high stress. I don't know anything about that. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what you mean. You should consider getting a mouth guard. I should. Um, Anyway, so so, uh, religious leaders um, from the church, from their church, um, come and they perform a ceremony where they anoint corners of the house with oil. This apparently, you know, appears to bring relief. So there's no more recorded activity going on after that all right they did the thing it's the end of the conjuring hot Um, dog yes (laughs) so the conjuring seven which will be coming out in 2036 you're probably right (laughs) so so uh naturally the next question is what the fuck it's right happening what the fuck cordially what the fuck (laughs) um so uh yeah they were trying to figure out like what is causing this um and uh of course the first idea is like ah it's a lack of faith sure you just don't believe enough so noemia's father-in-law blamed his son her husband saying that quote he began to fall away from the principles of the gospel and we (sighs) knew that something would happen i fall away from the principle of the gospel all the time i've never lost a tooth in my sleep knock on wood (laughs) Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. But when you, uh, believe really hard. Yeah. Um. When you believe. When you believe. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Um, yeah, so he believed that there were three monsters involved, one of which, uh, he defeated in a physical struggle. <laughs> Be the hero of your story if you can. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so Noemi's husband said that the poltergeist diminished after Noemia saw the figure of a deformed Satan and became more religious. So we're just pulling all kinds of, throwing all kinds of spaghetti at the wall. Sure. Seeing what sticks. Um, so uh, they believe that the activity was, uh, quote, divine retribution for lack of religious faith. Which is a thing. I guess. That you can believe. And us being not very religious, I think it sounds very silly. But then again, so is poltergeist activity. Um, But here's the other thing that it could be. Sorcery. Sure. (laughs) Sure. That's not the same. Um, So uh, it's not. Uh, So according to Noemia, uh, a mysterious pair of women attempted to enter the house on more than one occasion. There you go. It's women. Witches. Witches. Son of a witch. Uh, and Noemio saw them carrying a clear plastic bag with candles and rosemary, uh, which 
in Brazil uh, are often used for black magic rituals. I, mean, I just use it for lamb, but sounds okay. chill as hell. I love the smell of rosemary. Right. Um, yeah. So stupid. Uh, 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 what is called sensitives of the family's religion, or like me, sure. yeah. yeah. Uh, they made a psychometric reading of a piece of clothing and said that someone had performed a work of black magic against them. Uh, yeah. So Noemi's husband believed that it might be an old lover. Uh, yeah, because his magic dick. Some woman couldn't live without it. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> so the monster that some members of the family saw allegedly corresponds with corresponds to the umalum spirit of some of the umbaras or kimbanda religion okay i don't know anything about that and it didn't explain no that's fine so why would they i got nothing more for you on that um so andrade the guy who's researching this he seems to think that sorcery is the best explanation <laughs> which goes against um the or the very technical uh, RSPK theory that uh, so it would have like it's not the typical like oh it's focused on an agent and something so yeah so this is this is the example of the cultural difference right so this is what this paper is about sure okay um, which again to reiterate to reiterate has been declassified by the CIA yeah <laughs> the CIA had this read it and they're like it seriously that's fine we're good to go yeah we're good to go on this and one. so maybe okay so maybe I need to stop being a dick. UFOs, Kate, you just got done telling me exactly. for an hour that UFOs are real. And here I am being like, yeah, but not sorcery. Yeah. Bah. Sorcery is bullshit. Um, and also you, sometimes I believe in sorcery. Casual wicked. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Fuck, I'm an you asshole. feel real bad now. I do actually. And culturally insensitive. Oh, I'm a dick. Um, Genuinely, my apologies. Yeah. That is kind of, but again, when you're I propagandized. Know. I know. We've just been brought up to think that everything is, everything kind of woo-woo is... Stupid. Woo-woo. That's why we use that term. Yep. Um, And turns out our government is like, yeah, no, it all, no, it's all real. Or, or if at least it's not all real, that it's at least it's something we should be taking seriously enough to classify the document. Because like, and I will, and like this, this is an academic paper. It's not, it didn't say like what kind of class. It was was like interdisciplinary writing or or whatever the fuck. At no point in this paper does he ever question the but existence of poltergeists. Look at all the time we spent making fun of Schittler for mm-hmm, mm-hmm. believing in his astrological horse shit as a reason Which, to exterminate. Which, to be clear, always good to make fun of Schittler. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, mm-hmm. No regrets. I'm just saying, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. lots of government powers are willing to take these things seriously yeah. on the off chance that they pan out huge. That's been historically my uh, approach to yeah. all things spiritual. Yeah. Like, I'm just going to go ahead and believe it. Because... Militant agnosticism. I don't know, and you don't either. Well, no, I'm like the opposite. I'm like, yeah, might as well. <laughs> sure. If it turns out to be real. Why not? Why not? Um, You're more on the Pascal's wager. Sure. 100%. Um, so, anyway, that's one out of two stories. Oh, so, okay. uh, so, he compared that to an American case. A typical American case, if you typical remember. Typical. Sorry, sorry. Wait, I'm being cynical bitch again. You are. <laughs> Damn you, propaganda. I'm right there with you, though. Um, so this is referred to as the Powhatan uh, poltergeist. Oh. Um, as in Virginia. Powhatan. Yeah, Virginia. 
Um, this, so this one was researched by a John Palmer. The report was written in 1974. So again, okay. happening at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, so the agent in this case is a 10 and a half year old boy uh, who is re- referred to in the report as J.E. Okay. Presumably Presumed for child. Uh, you know, child. Um, so uh, he lives with his elderly foster parents. Mm, trauma. Yeah. So according to J.E., the poltergeist attack started on December 2nd, 1971. Uh, So Palmer comes in and investigates the case in early January 1972. So it's still active. Um, So there are a few witnesses, um, including uh, J.E.'s great aunt, a maternal grandmother, and a local doctor. Um, They initially start hearing stomping noises and saw uh, objects moving. Um, and also apparently that's like basically it because they didn't really list any other okay. like, things that happened. Pretty basic. Yeah. So, um, uh, they, again, were wondering what was causing it. Uh, J.E.'s foster father believed it was a revelation of God. Uh, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Need your reaction. Yeah. Yeah. He later interpreted them as portents from God, uh, warning about the impending deaths of his wife, who died in April of 72. Sad. And J.E.'s great aunt, um, who also died shortly later. Um, lots of trauma there. Yeah. So before her death, uh, J.E.'s foster mother said that he had, quote, the devil in him. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the great aunt told Palmer that the events fascinated her more than they scared her. Okay. Uh, I don't know why I wrote that down. Uh, the doctor appeared to believe that J.E. had psychokinetic abilities. Uh, so Palmer seemed to believe that there was a combination of personality and psychodynamic factors that contributed toward an RSPK centered on J.E. Okay. Um, it was also noted that J.E. had some tr- childhood trauma that was unspecified and also ha- because of that probably had severe behavioral problems at school. Poor kid. Yeah, so that seems like a very clinical way to talk about some poor kid who had a lot of trauma in his young life. Sorry. Anyway, so that was like briefly what he wrote about the second case. Um, So, but he then goes on to talk about what the cultural differences are between the two cases. And he basically comes down on the, like, well, the Brazilians were more quick to accept the idea of sorcery. They both talk about religious reasonings behind it. Because I think, I mean, both of our cultures share a baseline faith in the Christian God. Um, at least both of those families do. And when you believe in Sky Daddy... Uh, <laughs> and if you, especially if you have a more spiritual, Can't you just said Sky Daddy. Somebody's gonna send us a shitty email. No, no, no. Uh, <laughs> but like when you, especially when you are in a more kind of like spiritual, right? If believing you've been trained your part whole life of, to believe, mm-hmm. when other explanations are not readily available to you, yeah. you're going to turn back to your mythology. When you worship a god who is invisible, and you believe in your your religious text talks about miracles and spirits and all that stuff. Like, it's not too weird to suddenly right. think that there are still spiritual things happening. Absolutely. In the world. And we absolutely engage in that, too. Yes. Even our smug, cynical selves. Yeah. 
we just opened this up about talking about ghosts in museums. So Absolutely. I am not above this. Right. Anyway, um, so basically uh, he was talking about like, oh, this, this is a thing that happens. Um, he basically goes on to just explain that like um, the Brazilians believing in a more like sorcery, like kind of like spiritual aspect of it. Um, is also prevalent in like other non-Western cultures, totally, um, which is true. Yep. And I and in w- the difference between that and the Western cultures is that they are m- more likely to think of like what's the rational scientific reason for that, even right. if that reason is still kind of weird. Yes. Um, because the like P K S like that's not like RSPK is not readily accepted it's science. It's not it's it's probably people would call it pseudoscience because it's essentially just like oh I don't know your brain just makes things move sometimes yeah. like what? Right. <laughs> that just doesn't make any sense. Ah, you're secretly an X-Men. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um yeah, so that is a much more western concept basically. Yeah, that's interesting. Um yeah, so that was essentially his point. Um, so why is this, why was this classified by this? It was, I mean, it wasn't classified, but like, why was it in the possession of the CIA? Right. Why? At all. Um, I don't know. <laughs> um, it was, it was unclassified, meaning it wasn't secret. It wasn't top secret. It wasn't like a specifically like, uh, it wasn't like a study Jew, you know, like what about this project that we right. have it like it was written for university it doesn't appear to have been commissioned at all by the government sure um i don't know how it got into their hands but it, it did or like maybe they were curious about that topic or and they referenced so, it in something and so they're like well let's take a look at this and so they just basically they had it on file it was never secret but then this time came for them to be like oh yeah okay yeah here you go right um so that's that's how it's unclassified or like declassified um so, I my guess, because I I was like I'm just gonna go into speculation here. Sure. Um, so one of my like favorite weird shit things that the CIA does is psyops. Yes. Yeah, you know. So for anyone who doesn't understand what that is, uh, I like MK it? Ultra and N- not quite, but it's I mean yeah, but it's like. Psyops can be like, uh, I don't know what the fucking psychological operations. psychological operations, yes, but like it could be MK Ultra, but it could also be like pro- propaganda. Okay, um, like it, it's basically oh, yeah, there's like, different levels of psyop. Like I feel like the men who programs. stare at goats is references this. Does it? I've it's never been seen so it. long since I've seen that movie. I've only seen it high. Uh huh. But I feel like it was stuff like that. But, like, there's low levels of psyops that are basically just, like, internationally distributed propaganda to help, to help, to make other countries, like, have a pro-America stance. Oh. That's an example of a psyop. Like, during World War II, or, Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, during uh, the Cold War. Yeah. Rations of condoms were dropped in in the Soviet Union. Yeah. Uh, marked for American soldiers. Yeah, that's and, a psyop. Yeah, and they were absolutely enormous. Like mm-hmm. like these men had giant schwangs. <laughs> I don't remember if that was exactly proven to be true, but but Good I remember point. hearing Could about be that. Not true. I can't remember if that was like my oh, no, brain has been happen. like, yeah, that seems real. That does but seem real. There right? have been. Yeah, well, there were, like, really crazy things, especially during the Cold War, like, and they did all these, like, goodwill tours of, like, American celebrities Mm -hmm. um, to other countries to be like, isn't capitalism great? Right. And that's essentially what 
Like, PSYOPs are. That is, well, I mean, it's not, but that's like one level of what PSYOPs do. And so my theory for this is not so much that like, oh, turns out the CIA knows that poltergeists are real. But I wonder if it's more like, let's study how other cultures operate and see what kind of shenanigans they might believe. That's really cool. Um, That's actually a very interesting thought. Yeah, I mean, it's dark. It's dark. It's dark. (laughs) Um, But it led me into speaking of the Cold War and psyops. One of my uh, a favorite like short um, podcast series that I listened to this year um, is called um, uh, "Wind of Change." Okay, it's just like a one season like you know series, and it's about this theory that the CIA. wrote the song Wind of Change by the band Scorpions. <laughs> really? To help bring down the Soviet Union. What the fuck? Do you know the song? No. So, I know the band Scorpions. You know they're the band hair metal band. Yeah, they're a, they're they were like a German Here we go again on my own. Is that them? I don't know. I I recognize that one might of their be journey. Yeah. I, Hang uh, on. Okay, now, now we got to Now it. we got to look up Scorpions. <laughs> um Oh, you're right. The internet is shit today. Mm-hmm. A German rock Rock band. you like a hurricane. That's, that's, that's what I was Yeah. Okay, so the it's a German metal band, Scorpions, that you mo- probably know the song, Rock You Like a Hurricane. Here I am. Yeah. Rock you like a hurricane. Yeah. So that's what we think of when we think of Scorpion. Oh, Scorp- I'm still loving you, too. I'm still... Sorry. Okay. But if you live basically anywhere else... You think probably think of Wind of Change. That was, when I Googled them, that was the number one song for them. Yeah. So Wind of Change, if you don't know the song, which I highly re- recommend you look it up because it's very different. It's interesting. But it's, um, like, re- it's thought of by a lot of people outside the U.S. as, like, the herald of the end of the Soviet Union because it's all about, um, like... It's, it's it's a story about like something that really happened, which was that they went to, uh, I forget which city in Russia, but they went to Russia and they Leningrad. did a yeah probably, and they did a show there, which was like really crazy. Like this was a very rare thing that they got to do, yeah. and they did a show there. And then he's like, oh, I was lock- I was walking down the the banks of the river and i thought about is feeling this feeling of like the wind of change is coming okay and like we're gonna be together things are gonna be good it's a very optimistic song sure it's very sentimental everyone ate that shit up loved it sure soviet union collapses like shortly after that song song comes out 1990 soviet union's done by 1991 yeah so this guy this guy who is the host of the podcast has like connections in the cia like he knows people cool and he was talking to this guy who has connections with the cia and he's like oh yeah i heard from one of my cia guys that the cia wrote that song (gasps) as a psyop to like get it in people's head of like oh the wind of change is coming yeah and so this podcast investigates that and like they get in they like is find the band they like they're it's ah. i i don't want to spoil it but it's it's very good okay yeah. all right i'll check that so out i recommend it anyway. that would be a good christmas listen yeah that's a this is just me giving an ad for another podcast but <laughs> that's fine <laughs> but check it out but uh, yeah i thought it was really interesting how like it is Psyops. like regardless of whether or not that one specifically that's is true successful united states like the amount of media that mm. we export 
Oh, yeah. And they're 100% we, the CIA was sending, like, bands sure. to other countries in the Cold War <gasps> on Joel Goodwill knows. tours. Billy, Billy Joel does it. He did? The Russia concert. They sent uh, Nina Simone. Of Sitterman fame? Mm-hmm. And she didn't, I don't think she realized who sent her. And she she was not a fan yeah, of the U.S. She government. Wouldn't. <laughs> she would not have gone oh. if she knew. Um, yeah. So that's fascinating. It's fa- like it's so fascinating. Like the government does this shit. Yeah. Uh, whether or not they actually wrote wouldn't have changed. And that's why there's conspiracies. Exactly. So this is all to say that uh, everything you've ever heard is true. And no, 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 no. Because <laughs> QAnon is out there. Don't do that. Uh, no. Yeah. Some things are very not true. But like, it's not that big of a jump. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. if you start small. Mm-hmm. I know. All right. It's terrifying. We have gone on for so long. Um, I think we don't have time for a listener story. I'm going to fart soon and it's going to break down the house. Please. Oh, no. I want you to live, Jen. So we must end. I'm sorry, everybody. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, 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 we got a short one? We got a short one? No, 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 no. All right. Um, So we've gone on for far, far too long. uh, So we are not going to do a listener story. But we do have some patrons to thank. Yay! Um, So, do, do, do. Thank you to Laura. Oh, L-O-R-A. Laura, yeah, L-O-R-A, Forsyth. Yay! Thank you. Thank you, thank you. I saw that one come through and I loved that spelling. Oh, yeah, it is very cute. Um, Cute. That was... I love it. It's very beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful spelling. Um, Alexandra Lendon. Hey, thank you. thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, and then thank you to Nicola Riffick. That's Speaking of great names. That's a Nicola Riffick name. Nicola Riffick. Uh, so, yeah, thank you so much. If you want to find us on Patreon, we are patreon.com slash haunted, which is also in the description in case you didn't understand what I just said. She's speeding up her... Everyone nope. Just keep going. Just stop. Um, and we have our social media listed below. Uh, you can find us. And we will be back in a fortnight. In a fortnight. And All right. Until then, stay spooky, motherfuckers.